Hi. Hey guys, my name is Chanel Perillo, and I'm a casting director and producer based in Los Angeles. I've cast shows like Drag Race, F Boy Island, The Real Housewives franchise, A Million Dollar Listing, to name a few. I want to welcome you to Shut Up Chanel, a podcast where I take you through my LGBTQIA journey, while each week I get to chat with the queer royalty that helped shape me. Buckle up, because I know you're going to want to tell me to shut up. Shut up, Chanel. Shut up, Chanel. Chanel, shut up. Shut up, shut up, Chanel. Shut up, Chanel. Shut up, Chanel. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, Chanel. Shut up, 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 No, uh, love for laces. Does he know whose house he's in? He does not. All right, guys. Her energy is infectious. With a tongue as sharp as her contour, she's the reigning monarch of one-liners and the unchallenged commander of charisma. If laughter were a currency, T.S. Madison would be the richest queen in the kingdom, and her crown would be bedazzled with rhinestones of pure wit. She is an American reality television personality, an actress, an LGBT activist. As the host of the T.S. Madison Experience, she's become the first Black trans woman to star in and executive produce her own reality series. She also became a fixture on the judges panel of everyone's favorite show, Drag Race. I truly believe that she walks so many girls in the community could run. And we just got to work together at the Marco Marco 20th anniversary show in New York City. <sighs> Welcome to the stage. She is a true LGBT icon. I had the pleasure of meeting you so long ago and we're going to dive into it, but her energy is infectious and with a tongue as sharp as her contour, she's the reigning monarch of one-liners and the unchallenged commander of charisma. Please welcome to the stage, T.S. Madison. Shut up, Chanel, shut up, shut up, shut up. Hi, Chanel. Hi, T.S., how are you? I want people to really understand, like I don't think that they understand how far you've known me. Like. You've known me back when I was like really in my beginning stages of like really trying to, you know, cross over. And I was like really crossing over into pop, you know, being influential to pop culture. You know, you are always the queen of the social scene. You know, you have that gorgeous mug, honey, the nightclubs bowed down when you came in, girl. You always wore a nasty fucking shoe. Girl. <laughs> I mean, I literally, okay, so when I started this podcast, I was like, I'm going to go through my LGBT journey and talk to all the people I met along the way. And I was doing, I was having all these episodes where I was like going back and talking about my time at Avita, And that's like kind of how our, I, cause I always ask in the beginning of this podcast, how did we meet? And you did, you just did, gave a great introduction to it. <laughs> Do you remember how we actually met? Like, do you remember the story? I kind of remember because it's been it's been over a decade. It's been over ten years. I it know people. <laughs> you haven't aged a day. <gasps> honestly, a day. honestly, I think me and you both look better. Oh yeah, well, I mean, we look good, but I mean, that's, <laughs> we we still haven't aged. Yeah, we look the exact <laughs> same age. The same age. But here's the thing: like, I I remember. Um, I had, it was new wave, no wave, 22 inches, yes! I mean, I remember that was like one of my breakout vines of me being naked and all that type of stuff, whatever. And here's the thing. I really didn't want the queer community or the, the LBGTQIA community to really just want to know me for me being, you know, naked. Because mm -hmm. I'm so much more than just being naked. I really wanted people to know me for being, I'm funny. And not just funny, I'm also funny and I make statements. I'm, I, I'm deeply invested in, in the community for our, for our people, you know, queer people, you know, from all colors, all races, all gender, like I'm, I'm for our people, you know? And so I've always been an unorthodox type girl. Like you said, my tongue, tongue is sharp as my contour, honey, but it's always been for our people. You know, mm -hmm. now, Chanel, you know what I've never asked you? Ask me. 
Are you queer? I am, but this I, I identify as pansexual. Oh. Okay, so what would one have to do to be pansexual? What would one have to do? Okay, so I'll kind of tell you how. So for a while, I just identified as straight because I don't know. It, it, it really, I never crossed my mind because I never wanted to date women. Like nothing in my head was like, uh, but I was attracted to women. And I was, I was, I was, I remember in the beginning of my journey being like attracted to some drag queens. Like I used to think detox was so hot. You know what I mean? And then I had like my first crush on a trans boy who I honestly was also attracted to before they were a trans boy. So that's when I started to be like, wait a minute, like maybe, and then I started, you know, learning about pansexuality and it's like more of like, you're just attracted to like the person and not the body parts. And that made sense to me. And I was like, I'm just, I'm really attracted. I'm attracted to someone's swag, to their energy. And it took me a long time to figure that out. And I wouldn't have figured it out had I not, you know, started hanging out with everyone that I started hanging out with. So before, cause me, like I am, I, Here's what's so crazy. You're gonna laugh. Okay. I identify as a heterosexual transsexual. Okay. Meaning, I operate in the guise of heterosexuality because I identify or as a as a trans woman. But you know, I, and here's the thing. I don't identify as a female, and I really don't identify as a full fledged like woman. I identify as a trans woman. Because mm -hmm. I like being trans. I like being trans. I like being able to say, I got titties at the top and a dick at the bottom. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Like that's, yeah. And I'm happy in that space. But I've come to find out that I am extremely attracted to masculinity. Okay. And I think that masculinity doesn't necessarily have to live in a bio man. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it's not the body. It's like, it's the aura. It's the swag. It's the masculinity of it all. But now I see that's, but see, this is where I get so confused because it's like, I know what I like romantically. Like, I love the relationship of like, of, of masculinity and me being, and me being like the woman. You know what I mean? Like, I uh -huh. love that. And especially because I'm so dominating in all other aspects of my life. Like, you know, I'm a producer, like I'm a hustler. Like, you know, I, when it comes to like romance, like I like to take the back seat and I like to be produced. You know what I mean? So you, and, the divine, you, so you embody the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. And you want your partner to embody the divine masculine. I would think so. It's I, I'm still learning because that's the thing. I think also it's like hard being like, I know that I like romantic relationships with men, but then I also find women attractive and I find, I like, I find trans people attractive and I find, you know, so it's just, it's all a big confusion for me. Okay. <laughs> so I've always had this question that I never asked you. Okay. Because when I first met you, you were like you, and you still are, not were, but when I met you, you were how, what you are now, you were already, you know, it's, it's expanded and it's become like a whole different, it's went into a whole different higher trajectory. But when I met you, you were already like a, you're a figure. Mm. And so how did that, like, I know you're interviewing me, but I, these are things that I never had the opportunity to ask you, like, I just moved in the space of like, you know, this is who you were. How did you get into the scene? Honestly, RuPaul's Drag Race. I, and that's what I love about these interviews is like, I have tons of questions that I've never gotten to ask you before. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was, I just graduated from fat. I went to FITM in LA and that's what brought me to LA. The recession hit. My listeners are going to last because I talk about this recession in 2006 every fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> the recession hit and there was no fashion jobs in LA. I was in a personal assistant for these two men that like 
were hustlers. They like produced parties in LA. And so like they kind of like trained me for being great on set, but the, they had no money to pay me anymore. And I went to this one dinner one night and the girl was like, you, I feel like you would be great, like helpful on set. And she's like, I'm also doing this show with drag queens. And for some reason, I feel like you would be good with them. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm down. And I had no, I had, I knew who RuPaul was because my parents were fucking cool and like, you know, but like, I didn't really, and I think I used to like stay up late and watch the RuPaul show when I was little, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I had no idea. And I got my job as a PA. I started out as a PA on the show where I was just like cleaning up and like bringing drag queens, like sodas and stuff. And that's like where it all began because that's where I started meeting all the drag queens. And then the drag queens loved me and they were like, oh my God, this girl's like good at wrangling them. So then they kind of just like kept bringing me along. And so I, I started on Drag Race and Drag You and then I became like a talent producer on the show. And then I got into casting and then I got really close with, like, it It wasn't even, it all happened so fast. Like, because I became friends with, like, the top girls, everyone started to know who I, who I was. And Raja was bringing me out and introducing me. And I couldn't go to Mickey's without them, like, calling me out on stage. And it kind of got, like, too big for even me to handle. <laughs> and then it was, like, this, this tightrope with, with Drag Race because I was, I didn't know, like, you know, it's a competition show. Like, you probably can't be best friends with, like, all the queens in the nation. You know what I mean? So, I ended up leaving Drag Race. But, like, then I was already a part, a fixture, you know? And then when I started hosting parties in West Hollywood, that's when it really... And that's how I met you. Because yeah. I had started hosting Avida, yeah, which was uh -huh. like, which was like a first of its, like in LA, like there wasn't like a cool party for a while, like where every drag queen went and the show, it was just all the timing because it was like the show had just started getting popular. I knew all these queens. So I was inviting them out to the nightclub every night. So like the club was getting like free, you know, free Rue girls. Liquor that's not expensive. This is Burnett's. Tropical, just a splash of this for the night. And then they started giving me a little bit more power and were like, if you ever want to book anyone for a Vita, let us know. And your video went viral. And I was like, why? We need to get this girl at a Vita. And I'll never forget. I think I like messaged you on Vine or Facebook or something because I don't even think Instagram was a thing. It wasn't. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't. It was like, Facebook or Vine or something it was, you know. Which is oh so funny because even booking this interview today, I think like Trent from the beginning, like I think that's even who I talked to back then. Like he's been with you since the beginning, huh? Well, no, it was Geo. Oh, Geo. Geo. Trent has been with me, but he hasn't been like the position he is now. Yeah. But it was Geo back then. Like I think you and Geo had a conversation or whatever, you know, even though we, you know, I'm not going to bash him on this, on this thing. because No. Know, I'm just going to be like, yeah, you you outgrew each other. Yeah, we out that yes. Creative, <laughs> creative differences. Yes, creative differences. Yeah, I'm glad that you asked me that because it is like a, a valid question. Like where Listen, the fuck do you come from? When you meet people, like I met you and like you were you were very you were petite, you were dressed to the to the to the nines, you had on a nasty pair of shoes. I was like, this bitch got some small feet. I mean, she put on this fucking, these heels. You had on a nasty pair of heels. You, you giving hair. Like, it's just what you give now. But it was just like, I was like, And that was a lot. I was, this was like 10, I was like 24, 25 years old when you met me. I was a baby who just got like thrown into this gay world. And yeah, and like all the queens would dress me. Like, you met me as like, it was like my post-drag race. Cause like when I started on Drag Race, girl, I had a like a bob with bangs, no tits. <laughs> I wore this awful black crease. Like I was a mess and the Queens got me together. And I know those exact shoes you're talking about. Weren't they like hot pink booties? Girl, they were some bad ass shoes. <laughs> but girl, when I met you, like when I got a chance to see the Chanel, like, like, like I didn't see the Chanel post this. I saw mm -hmm. the Chanel, like, you know, and like it was around time, like Chanel, she's the girl, like this is the girl. 
they, they throw the parties at Evita, girl Chanel Perillo, Chanel Perillo, Chanel Perillo. I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm new to all of this stuff. And then when meeting you, it was just like, yes, I'm Chanel Perillo. Like, you know, you know how girls <laughs> be like, like the it girls, like you gave very it girl. You know what I'm saying? And for you to tell me like, well, I don't know, like, well, that's not how my, I had humble beginnings. I would have never believed that because when I, when I came into your presence, you were an it girl already and running, running the things. I was like, okay, bitch, okay. Well, like you said, it's like always in you, just like I'm sure, cause I want to get to that, what you were like as a kid, but it's like, there's something that's in you like that sometimes people bring it out of you too. And I think that was when I found the queer community, that's when I was like, this is what's been missing from my life. Like now, yeah, now I make sense why I was like a weirdo and like, you know, like I, I always felt like I never fit in, but I should have, I like, I was every reason that I should have fit in like a freaking you know, straight white girl in San Diego. But for some reason, I always felt like an outsider. And until I came to West Hollywood and like found my tribe, did I really feel like I was like seen, you know? Yes. And we saw you. And you so saw me. I, I, I'm dying to know what you got to ask me. <gasps> oh, my God. Well, one, and I also think it's so, so an end to the listeners. It's so full circle because I got to cast TS in, in the Marco Marco show we just did in New York. Yes, it was amazing. Week. God, it was amazing. And I was, I, I've, all, I've always watched the Marco Marco show. And I was like, I want to be on the Marco Marco show and all the girls on that. I watched it. It was amazing. Marco, I love him. He was amazing. You guys he loved you. He was amazing. You guys treated me so well. Like I, my, my accommodations, everything was like to the dot. Like y'all took care of me like immensely. And I, 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 I appreciate that because in this business, people will know that you have had what your beginnings were. And I've grown so much since the first, since new wave 22 inches, I become like a global icon, you know, from working with so many huge names all the way up to Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? I and saw so, it on Instagram. Oh yes, girl. <laughs> and so people, sometimes people don't notice growth. That's why I had to acknowledge. That's why in the opening of this, I had to acknowledge. I don't know what they've seen, but you always was the bitch. So I don't know what they have seen or what, or what you tell me you come from. When I saw, I met you, you were the bitch. That's just what it was. Now the other girls, maybe Raj and them probably could be like, well, I knew her before. When I walked in the door, I met the bitch. Now you are the bitch, bitch. That's <laughs> what it is, you know? And so that's a good thing. And like when people when people meet me, sometimes they met me on my rise to being becoming the bitch. Bitch, now I'm the bitch. So you got to respect me as such because I put in the time, the work, the energy. And you guys took care of my accommodations. You just took care of me so well. And I, I just want to say I appreciate that because there are times that I have to tell a motherfucker, hey, I'm not that girl that you, I'm not that girl that ran, that was 22 inches, bitch. I've made my money up that I moved on to other things. I'm another type of girl, you know? Mm-hmm. I've yeah. always, I always, and I think it just probably even comes from like getting my talent, talent producer start was like, I, I love to make people feel seen and heard and taken care of. And especially when they're working for you. And I think in the industry that falls short a lot of the time. All the time, it does. Did you expect to be where you are right now? In all honesty, Chanel, I will be, I will keep this as transparent as this water in this glass. Perfect. Is that water? Vodka. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep it transparent. I knew I had a vision that I was going to be something. I, I always, I always wanted to be, you know how when they ask you in school, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a teacher a scientist, a doctor, a lawyer. I would like, those were the things I wanted to be. When I look over my life now, those were too small. And, and it was too small for me to just be one thing. I feel that now God has put me in a place where I'm walking in my purpose. And even I'm still growing in the trajectory that he wants me to go on. He, she, the universe, whatever. Mm-hmm wants me to go on and i think that i'm a doctor i heal the people with laughter i am a lawyer i advocate for my community i am a scientist because honey 
ain't no way that you could have titties at the top and dick at the bottom and be this fab. <laughs> I am a teacher because I minister to my community of people on where my life was and, and how it has changed and, and the mistakes and all the, the stuff that I found. So I feel that all the things that I dreamed or when I was a kid that I wanted to do, God made me a, an entertainer and a star mm -hmm. and said, you're going to be all of these things and you're going to be all of these things with, with divine purpose. I, if I had the opportunity to do certain things over again, or if I had the chance to see the future fully before where I am now, there are certain things that I probably wouldn't have done or I wouldn't have gotten involved with. But I do think that when, when your life is ordered or your steps are ordained or ordered the way they're supposed to go, you're not supposed to see that because it would probably deter you from, from your direction. Had you known that you were going to be Chanel Perillo, the, the woman that you are now, maybe in, in a retrospect, you would have already had those sickening heels that I met you in on. Mm -hmm. But what the creator or the divine decided to do was put you in these places so that you can tell your audience this story. Like I started out at Drag Race. I had a bob and I, I didn't have my lives together. You know, I met the queens, you know? And I think that everything that we do when people, when we are, when we are people of importance and we occupy spaces, we are on a divine, you know, place or a divine mission. I do feel like that that's what we are. Even down to the rants that I've had that have, that have made my tongue so sharp have been divinely place mm -hmm. has your tongue has your tongue always been so that sharp oh honey listen i was a fag so i grew up having to defend myself and one thing a queen is going to do we're going to have to you got to defend yourself and I'm, I'm i come from a house in, uh, from a, a place of the church i grew up in the church so I, you know i had to be sharp tongue and i had to fight you know growing up growing up in miami you know that's a melting pot for all different types of religion and you know, ethnicities that come to Miami and they come, you know, and I'm a gay. So, you know, it's like some people come from their country like hating gays. So I had to be quick. Mm -hmm. Like, bitch, get off of me. You know, like that was my defense mechanism. Like, hey, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. So I had to learn that. And I learned that by altercation. <laughs> like protection it's a protection it's a tool it's a tool and i don't think a lot of i mean i'm sure a lot of people know but there's probably some people that just think queens are like quick-witted like naturally it's like a developed like coping mechanism yeah and it's like it's crazy because what people don't understand is it's like i don't necessarily go into the ring that's not what i want to do but if mm -hmm. you put me in the ring let's do it you know, and so I don't go in there. Like, I, I really don't like, I honestly, should have, I really don't like that. Like, I really want people to love me. I'm a Libra. You know, we. I'm not a you, Libra, but I'm a Leo and Leos love Libras. Yeah, I'm a Libra. I want you to love me. I want to be so, friends with you. I, I want to hug and kiss you. I love on you. Hey, baby, you know, I don't want to have altercations with you. But I'm also, I'm a Libra Scorpio. Oh, my birthday's, my birthday's October the 22nd. I'm the last day of Libra. First day of Scorpio. So that, so you know that means... <laughs> Don't mess with the L. I'm ready for war! You know. <laughs> um, you said you grew up in the church. I wanted you to take me back. Like, I don't know. Where did you grow up and what kind of family did you have growing up? I grew up in the church. I'm, 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 I grew up in the Baptist church. I'm non-denominational now because I feel like that the Lord shouldn't be restricted to just this thing. So I'm, I'm like non-denominational. Like, when I go home to Miami, I go to a church called Miami Vineyard. And in Miami Vineyard, I don't think it is Baptist. I don't know what it is. I know it's non-denominational. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go to church, I wear, I could wear this dress, I could wear this hair, these earrings. There's not like rules and restrictions. I go there to fellowship, listen to stuff about God and, you know, cause I love God, but I grew up in a church, um, Baptist. And, you know, you always hear in church, the gays are going to hell. And, you know, you, you, you always hear how your life is going to end. 
and you never really focus on how to really enjoy your life because you're so afraid to live your life because your life, the life that you know that's destined for you puts you in hell. Mm-hmm. It puts you in... The constant worry. And so my mother wasn't necessarily like a woman that was hard on me about... Because I don't think that she really paid attention. I think she was really trying to get herself together with, with, with God. But I, she wasn't necessarily hard on me about me being gay or, or whatever, but she was very much so like, you know, that's what the Bible says. You know, when people say what the, what the Bible says, you know, everybody's like, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say I don't believe in the Bible. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> she has believes in the Bible. <laughs> I believe in. She doesn't not believe the Bible. <laughs> but I, there, I have questions. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. I went to, I went to, I had to go to Catholic church class and I was like that bitch asking every question. Like, I have a question. Like this don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> they would get so mad at me, but I was like, do you want, do you want me to be a believer? Like answer these questions. <laughs> I have questions because it's like, there's something that's not adding because I'm reading this and it's not adding or this is happening, this is not going on or they're like, what's going on? Or yeah, I'm like, is this a meta? Like, can we just, can you just tell us that these are like metaphors for things? Because that I could get behind. Uh, oh, okay, got it. But uh, girl, don't Cut. stop moving on. So you grew up in the church. Your mom was like, uh, wasn't necessarily hard on you, but it was was rough. Yeah, it was, especially when I when I really came into being. I'm gonna. I'm really coming. Came into being, and I came into being at an early age. Here first, because people always talk about uh, transitioning and how important to, because you can transition on the outside, but if your mind isn't there it's not going to match. And mm -hmm. that's why I feel like that we have such a problem with Caitlyn Jenner. Because the transition didn't start here. The transition, she may have thought that this is what she wanted to do, but the transition was more focused outwardly. Mm -hmm. Because her views and her values and the way that she thinks about her own community is scary. It's crazy because... I used to sit and watch her when in, in the beginning and I used to be like, you know, I wonder what it would have been like for me to have went through my life as a man. Like majority of my life as a man mm -hmm. and then get at a, at a grown, a grown a older age and then be like, you know, well, this is what I've been all along. I've been a woman and then continuously think like a, like a, a, a privileged man. Yeah. Like a, awful Republican. <laughs> like I, how, like that, like no one sent you here to be a trans woman for the Republican party. Like, oh, like, like who did that? Who, like who wants that? <laughs> There's already enough haters. Like it's so mind boggling to me. It really is. It's, been, it's like mind boggling to me. Yes. And so this is why, you know, I, I started this at the young process and then I, I really dove deep into the transition you know, on the out, outside around about 17, 18, 19. And I'm 46 now. So that was like see, af, right after high school, like senior year? Yeah, because yes, you're in right October. After. You're in October birthday. So yeah. So right oh, after yeah. high school. Yeah, like I was like, I was so waiting to do it, like to get out and just blossom um and then you know this stuff happened i got out into the world and i thought that the world was going to be accepting to it and it was not you know shit i'm 46 so 30 like 30 years ago you know that was different like 15 16 17 like this is 28 27 like this is 30 years ago like you weren't I safe you weren't safe no, and I mean, even people think that we're not safe now. We're in a we're 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 in a safer places, but we're but it was it's nothing like it was before. But we're still are in danger, for sure. You know, 
you work in these places and I, like I got fired from a lot of jobs, Chanel. And I, I just wanted to work. I never wanted to, I honestly never ever wanted to be involved in the sex work business. I didn't want to do that. Like, cause I, of course I came from a Christian home with, you know, with Christian values and stuff like that, you know? So I didn't want to be an adult do anything in adult film I didn't want to be naked I didn't want people to see me naked like I was like I'm very having Libra energy you know and then Scorpio is a very private people you know I didn't want to do that like I didn't want to be doing that and so when people talk about you are a porn star and you are naked and you did yes but what you don't understand is that I was forced into doing that like that was something that I was forced into doing. I wanted to work in society, but I wanted to live as a mm -hmm. woman. Survival. I could like speak so long about that. No, it was like survival. Like thinking that you, I mean, yes, there are, there are, you know, there are women that maybe they do maybe they do want that maybe that is the dream maybe it is you know they looked up to a, another porn star and are like i want to do that and and i'm sure you know there are those stories but like majority of the time it's survival it's it's so that you could still live authentically but like be able to live and i brought in them goddamn motherfucking records and see if you was at the baby chop shop now, I told you to bring your medical records in, and you have refused to bring the records in. But what we did find was your childhood, uh, 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 ch child, uh, psychiatric reports. Is that the word? Well, we did. We uh, Your book, bitch, because you wrote it, and you told it that you've been playing with your pussy, masturbating since you was five years old, bitch. So I already know that some of them children at the children's chop shop graveyard is yours. So I'm going to... To subpoena your jaws to come into my courtroom too because bitch I'm gonna swab your mouth and if any of your DNA match them children down there at the yes and like every job that I was going on was just like are you a man take those women's clothing off like you can't come in here with that like and every job that I would go on and every time that I would have like a, 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 a that I would think that I've gotten to a place where then the money wasn't good. I re do you remember? Well, I'm older than you. Because I'm like, would you remember? I remember minimum wage was $4.75 an hour. I was in high school and like from 2000 to 2004. And I remember it being, I worked at Dairy Queen was my first job. And it was, it, it was very low. Like I remember, I remember minimum wage when I first, when my first job, I made $4.15 an hour minimum wage. And to four dollars and fifteen cents an hour, eight hours a day—that's like thirty-two dollars and something. And were you able to even be your? Were you able to be your true self at work, or did you have to like tone yourself down? Oh, honey, you're fired. Don't come in here with. Why do you have on lipstick in here? You're confusing the people. Why do you want to wear this? You're a man. Be a man. Be a man. And so it's just like, bro, what the fuck? Like, you know, mm -hmm. and then you, you got to be a man. You know, you can't live in the house with your parents because it's just like, be a man. You can't work in society. Be a man. So you know where I could be a woman? On the streets. Exactly. Yeah, it probably it feel it probably felt safer because you at least know that like you're offering a service that you know you're gonna get paid for and that the yeah. person wants. And it's like, it's safer than probably like, going to your normal job. Yeah, because these people coming to get me, honey, because this is what they want. At the job, it's just like, bitch, you know, and they probably, listen, and even when I started walking the streets and doing street work, being a street walker and shit like that, and I and I was moonlighting as a man during working hours, I would be like, a gal would be like, hey, I know you. <laughs> You're, oh my god wait so where were you working at in the day and where oh, were you and where were you walking at night where is this miami yeah i worked i lived in miami i used to work 79th street i worked at girl i worked from call centers like at&t call centers i worked for track phone i've worked for group homes like with working with the elderly working with the cerebral palsy people I've worked everywhere, like everywhere, like every fucking where. But when I worked in those 
call centers, because I, I had a lot of call center jobs. Those call center jobs, they would hire anybody. And then you're working at the call center, and those men are like, mm, I know you. <laughs> I know you. And like ever, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the first time that you made money for yeah. for sex work? I do. I remember the very first night I worked on the beat, and I remember me making my first forty dollars, and I was so afraid. I was more so embarrassed. And I was embarrassed because I had, I had lost my job because they told me that I couldn't come to work like, uh, like dressed as a woman. And I'm like, but I'm not dressed. That, like, like when you want me to put on this other clothes? I'm in drag. Mm-hmm. Like that I, feels weird to me. Yeah. And so I got fired, and uh, I remember my first night working on the beat because I was like, it's honey, it's either the light bill, either the the rent or whatever, because nobody's just going to be around here giving me money. And I'm not going to expect anyone to take care of me, you know, because of my decisions to be to live my authentic self. And I remember the first 40 I made, I was so embarrassed. Now, of course, I'm, I was a fag, so I knew how to suck dick. That was just natural. <laughs> so I knew how to suck dick, you know. So that was nothing, but it's just like. Let's <laughs> just <laughs> <sighs> take money for it and then have to stand there and like these on the street, cars riding by, poor clothes, and people taunting you. You're still, get out of here, you man, you're a man. But then, in other words, you know, men pulling up, hey, baby, what's up? I got money for you, you know? It was fear and shame and shit all at the same time. And I remember my first client was a guy. He was so nice. I loved him. I loved him. He was my first client. I wrote about it in my memoir, which is going to be ad adapted to, a, to some film uh, that I can loosely talk about. Loosely. <gasps> Oh my God, I want to work on it. Yes, yes. I, I really liked him a lot. I really had a loving for him because he was my first date. Took me around around this building and gave me 40 bucks. Sucked his dick in the car. And he was like, no, nah, I got some more money. I want to, I, you, like, I was young then. Like, shit, I was in my 20s. He was like, I want to fuck you. So I was like, oh my God, like, how do I even do this? Like, on mm -hmm. the street, I'm on the street. So he took me to this back of this place or whatever. He gave me like twenty more dollars or forty more dollars. I can't remember, girl. I got to read my book to go back and be like, well, which one? Because I'm getting old now. <laughs> and so, and I've seen lots of money. And you know, we went back there, whatever. Anyway, we were doing our thing, whatever. And then I was like, you're not worried about the police? He's like, I'm not worried about it. No worry about it. Anyway, make a long story short, he ended up being the police. He was a cop. Which is why he probably knew where to go because people, which is, it, oh my God. I remember the the series, uh, the documentary on HBO. Veneno. The Stroll, but I fucking loved, I watched Veneno twice. I watched it in Spanish and English. Yes. Um, Veneno was so good, but this, have you seen The Stroll? I haven't watched The Stroll yet, I'm gonna watch it. <sighs> so fucking good. So it fucking is. good, it's so fucking good. But no, like, I mean, it's just something that, I've always been like interest, like fascinated by because I think that I've always been pro sex work because I'm like how like blind do you have to be to think like people like are like choosing to streetwalk like you know what I mean like it is a survival and and there was a sense of community in it I I learned from the documentary as well as like you had your you probably made sisters sisters my walking. sisters my girls mm -hmm. you know it was our group our clique it was fuck them hoes over there bitch this us over here you know. So it was that, like it was a lot of, it was, it was a lot of that, you know? And so it, I learned a lot. I actually, it made me, to be honest with you, it made my tongue sharper because I had to deal with the bitches on the street. Mm -hmm. It made me sharper in my senses because I had to always be on my toes in the aspect of who's, who's trying to get me. 
Mm -hmm. It's like hypervigilance. It's like you're like, you're like, it's like survival. Like, yeah, like, it's like your head on a swivel. Which makes you probably now such like more of an empath or more empathetic. Like you could feel people's emotions more when you've had to like survive like that. For yes. sure. And it also, whew, thought I'm about to admit something that may, that may or may not be true, but it also makes you pick up some narcissistic traits too. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times people deem narcissistic people awful and bad because sometimes they, a lot of times they are, but a lot of times these people are narcissistic because they have to be self-absorbed. It has to be because it's about you have to, you gotta protect self. Mm-hmm. I always wondered why I was like, I, I mean, I had, I've never admitted this before on the podcast yet, which is crazy, but, and I could say it now since my dad has since passed, but I was in the witness protection when I was little and we got, we like, we got pulled to, that's what brought me to San Diego. Like I was raised by bear, like a Brooklyn dad, uh, South Philly mom. Yeah. And we like, and that just now as an adult, like I'm learning in therapy, like that's probably where a lot of my like survival tactics, uh, survivor coping skills came from, was from, from that shit from when I was little, you know? Yes. And my dad struggled with drug abuse. And so I always kind of had to be, I was like, always had to be alert. Like what's to like, what's today going to be like, you know what yeah, I mean? What the fuck is happening? Like, what's up? And like, you, you, you got your trust your trust guards up you got your you know what i'm saying and then you got your 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 need for people where you become like codependent on people who give you senses of security or, or senses of you know yeah security of being safe like you start mm -hmm. depending on them you know what i'm saying and you started absorbing them like you need this to for you in order to survive so if there are fragments of narcissistic traits about me or narcissism in me, it is, I didn't mean, I don't mean it. <laughs> exactly. No, like it's literally, it's just like, it's the way that you cope with life. I don't mean it. I don't. You don't mean it. No, we, I mean, we all, everyone is a little bit of narcissist in them. If, if they want to be, if they want to be successful, you know, if you want to build a brand for yourself, which you have, you have, how did it go from working and hustling? And might I tell you that I think that you walked so a lot of women in the community could run. Yes. Like you were the original OnlyFans girl. The original, original when it was when it was a dot com, honey. So <laughs> it was that. I was the original. Dial up, dial up, internet. Dial up dot com, bitch. Big dick, bitch. You know, I was the original <laughs> that. So it's that, and then it's 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 it's. That's why there are lots of things that happen. Like like, and, and I'm an original transitioning out of these things. Like, cause nobody's seen it done before. Like you don't see a bitch go from from notoriously being naked to Beyonce. You don't see that happen. And 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 the only way that you'll ever see that happen again and again is if you don't run from it. You own it and you explain to people that this isn't something that you chose. You were forced to do this. I was forced to do this. It was either this or die. And you were still putting your life on the line every every time every gentleman you or you every went time, to every night. Everything I could have been my throat could have been nobody cares about no fucking street walking prostitute trans bitch. Who cares about that? I nobody I do. I do. I know, but you know <laughs> I know, in, I know, I know. In the grand scheme of it. Like who cares? Who cares about that? Who no, cares? just a number, just a number. And and ten years ago, I mean 20, 30 years ago, like it was like the toxic masculinity that was in this like nation was like uncharted where it was like anything that a man did feminine was looked at disgusting or anything that a trans woman did was like, you weren't even looked at as human. Right. And so I mean, what, what did like, what did society want you to do? That's how I feel even about like oppressed cities and stuff when there's crime and stuff and drug dealing, like what, what, how else 
do you want people to make money? Y'all hold sleep. Well, bitch, if you are, get up, let a bitch fix you some of this chai tea right here, girl, because it's hot. Like, you think they're just going to get up there and fill out an application and you're going to pay them $4 and 15 fucking cent an hour? Four seventy-five, five. Hey, hell, we're up now. We're 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 minimum wages. What is it? Fifteen bucks? Ten bucks? I don't know. I ain't mm -hmm. worked for myself since I was twenty-five, girl. Yeah, it's and to like, I just remember being a little girl and like, and that's the thing. It's like it's like almost like taught. Like it's like, like I remember like wondering, like, do sex workers like 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 do they like sex that much? You know what I mean? Which I think was probably like a lot of fucking people's thought, like uneducated people's thought is, yeah, like, oh, like, you know, a, a sex worker must just love sex. And it's like, no, it was, bitch. It was mine. <laughs> you know, it was mine. I remember like when I used to go out to the pageants and stuff like that, when I was, you know, in and out, like I would have to dress it, dress and drag at night and or whatever, and then live as, me in the day slightly and going out to some of the drag pageants and you know miss universe miss continental miss this miss that miss us of a miss gay like this is why i'm a judge on drag race because i know these things i bitch i did these you know mm -hmm. i've been there when the pageants were the pageants when the when the drag shows were the drag shows so you know i'm going out to these things or whatever you know and I, I knew some of the drag girls were sex workers, and, and then some of the girls who were trans and not drag, who were trans trans, they were all prostitutes. And so they would leave the show, they would leave the drag shows, or they would leave the, the pageant, and they would go work on the on the block. And I used to judge them and be like, ew, you, you nasty bitches out there want to suck this for a living, you know? And, and ended up being the most notorious. <laughs> you were like... But let me show you. <laughs> I was like, Wait, so this is ahead. when, so you were attending, so are you saying you were attending the pageants as, as? No, as me, as a girl, as a girl. As, oh, okay. As a girl, I was going to the pageant, pageants and stuff as a girl, but I had to work during the day, but I didn't want to take my shit off to go to, to work. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to work in drag, like as, as a boy. So is that kind of where you were like, this is what I'm going to do now? Because you had seen it? Like you had seen other girls make money doing it and you were like, well, I could do this and I'll do well, it, it better? Was, it was because I started going to work. I started saying, fuck it. Going mm -hmm. to work in my get up. And it was like, who the fuck are you? Who is this coming in here? You know, and it's just like, well, this is, I got to cut this. I'm coming to work. Honey, you gotta leave this job. You're confusing the coworkers. What bathroom are you gonna use? Like, no, like you know, you're causing a commotion here coming to work. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, well, you gotta find either you take that off, or you gotta find you another job. And it's like, well, I'm on hormones, so like, I don't know how I'm gonna hide a titties, and I'm taking, I'm getting silicone shots in my ass and hips, so I don't know how I'm gonna fit this in some cargo pants or some work pants like bitch i don't know how to how yeah to and what fucking bathroom do you think i should be in like bitch. come on <laughs> like bro you should be scared of me going in the bathroom with you motherfuckers now <laughs> exactly oh my god i i didn't i never knew any of that about you and i was and i really was like so curious because you i like I I just knew you as so, as social media presence, and of course, like I got you know like word through the grapevine, like no TS was like huge, like a huge porn star before yeah. Vine and all this stuff, and so you went from the streets to creating a website, BigDayBitch.com, and uh, I moved to Atlanta. I had nothing. I was homeless. Uh, I met a girl. Like I was I I was. Uh, I met a, another trans girl who was like, girl, why do you, why would you work hard when you can work smart? And I happen to be somewhat of a well-endowed girl. I do have a lot of capabilities, I would say, <laughs> and blessings in my panties. <laughs> capabilities and blessings in my panties. Capabilities maxed. <laughs> you know, Capabilities and blessings in my panties. 
<laughs> and so my girlfriend was like, girl, why do you work hard when you can work motherfucking small? And she said, because I, I was looking at this bitch like, girl, well, why do you do? She had a nice house. She drove a fucking Lexus. She had like, she was, men were calling her phone. And like, you know, we were eating steak and lobster all the time. I'm like, what the fuck do you do, bitch? I, I think that shit all the time. But that's what you have to, like, you find someone that has the life that you want and you ask them how they got there. How do you do this? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out, but I, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so she helped you come up with the idea. She did. Well, she, she sat me on the floor and she told me, she says, well, I have a website and her name is TSE. God, God took, God called her home in, in 2017. And I mean, it was, it was one of the, one of a big loss for me. I'm so um, sorry. It's okay, because you know why? When I look at it, she's my guardian angel. So that's because I have a mission to do here. And she had to go and fight for me in the spirit. Because the Bible says, for we, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and darkness of things that are unseen. And because we can't see those things, we need our spiritual soldiers to be fighting those things, those spiritual dark forces that are around us that we can't see it. So that's my soldier. So it hurts here in the, in the natural because I'm still in, amongst the flesh, but I know in the spirit that they're, that she's battling for me. You know what I'm saying? Her, I totally do. That's the way I feel now. That's the way I'm, I'm, it's not easy, but that's the way I'm coping with death now, with death and people that are, that, that, that you're so close to that leave you behind. Like you've got more mission to do and they are, they were they were your foot soldiers here, but they your soldier soldiers in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So I, I I love her, and she she put me on, and when she put me on, you know we became the best of friends. And then I started. See, all you got to do with me, you give me the glass, I'll fill it up. I love that. You give me the glass, honey, I'll fill it up. And she gave me the glass, and she was like, if you want to drink. Fill it up. That's what I did. And I turned that little thing that she taught me how to do into an empire. And I turned it into an empire so viciously that she was so impressed. And she said, I'm so proud of you. Oh. And then for her to get to just get to a moment to watch me transition out of what she had. Helped you. Helped mm -hmm. me and taught me into into becoming a global phenomenon in my own right. Mm -hmm. Was like, yeah, that's my door. Oh, that's a great story. That's the way I feel it. Like I feel that. Like, like yeah, that's my daughter. Mm -hmm. And then, oh my God. And then 22 inches took you to the next level. 22 motherfucking inches, honey. Six seconds changed my whole entire life. It changed my life. Like if I had the chance to do it all again, it changed my life. And when it changed my life, I, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, you have to have a, a goal. And my goal was, I was not gonna know, I, know, I never wanted to be in sex work. So any area for me to get out, I was gonna hit the ground running. And you know, let me tell you something. I didn't ever know that I was gonna meet you guys, you, Rue, uh, any of the people that came into my life. Right. I was watching TV. I'm telling you, I watched TV and I said, ah, one day. I love that. And and when the cha when the time came for me to be able to do that, and you, it was just like, <gasps> but I took it all in and but I- you know I, what that is? That's manifestation. Yes. And those six seconds gave me, it gave me, it It didn't even give me shoes. It gave me, uh, it gave me road. Mm -hmm. I had to put the shoes on. It gave me road. It gave me a, a small path. And then when I got that path, it was like, run, bitch, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> Jenny, oh my God, I love Forrest Gump so much. <laughs> ah, well, I mean, it was gonna happen. That's the thing, like, you just and it wasn't even like the world, 
Like, I knew that everyone was obsessed with that video, but it was just, like, you have that star quality. And I'm a casting director now, like, and I wasn't even an official, like, casting director then. Like, I just, I saw it in you, and I was, like, and I just knew. And I think you ended up coming, like, I think we did, like, two Avitas. Because I've got, like, multiple pictures. I have, I've got a couple going through my old Avita photos. Oh, you God, definitely. Oh, Chanel, we did Evita. We did a music video together when we did. <gasps> Uh, it was New Weave 22 Inches. Y'all changed Evita and went to this other place when I was with this record company called Pink Money Records. Oh my God, I forgot that. Wasn't I in the video? In the video. Uh, it never came <laughs> out because, you know, we had some little discrepancies with the damn record company, but it was, it was us, it was me, you, Sharon, uh, like it was all of us, like it was, Alyssa, Alyssa Edwards. I have that picture of that night. Yeah, I have to find it. All of us, girl. Like we were that night. We were detox. Dumb. Detox was there. So, girl, we were. It was. We were living. That's we when fucking lit that night. It was. But y'all had moved Evita to a different space. Yeah, in Hollywood. I remember that Hollywood. venue. Yeah, mm -hmm. we moved into a different space. It was like crazy. Like we were all. We all had a good. But we had a good time that night. I think it was, whose birthday was it? It was someone's birthday because I, I know the picture. It's like Alyssa Edwards, Shangela, Detox, me, you. There's Adore Delano's in the video. Adore, yes. <laughs> like, right, whose birthday? It was somebody's birthday. Was it Shangela's birthday? It might have been. What you said was, Pierce Madison is a, is a slept on, undiscovered star that y'all are missing out on. Yes! And after that article, nothing happened. No. <laughs> that is my effect on the world. <laughs> I wanted to always tell you, even though you've read me down to the floor, you've told me that I was fat, you said that I needed mint, um, <laughs> you know, all the things that you do, I've loved every moment of it. Let me just take, let me take one of those back. I did not really mean to say you need a mint. <laughs> you need a bag of mint, bitch. <laughs> we need a reunion. It has been so fucking long. We need like a good solid night out for sure. We need a good do you, so they don't even do Evita no more, do they? So Andres, Regal, and Hollywood, they it became like this huge thing. But they're on a break right now. But for the last during before COVID and up until like this year, like it became like every drag race girl does it now. Like it became like bigger than 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 I could have imagined it would have become like it, it's like, but we yeah, gotta do we got to do reunion party, the OG Evita Evita reunion party, like back when the girls like girl like Morgan McMichaels, mm -hmm. like girl from back, like all the girls back, like all the back girls. How did you, did you know all the queens? So did you know the queens from like the pageant system and stuff? Like how I did- a lot of the queens from the pageant system. Lots of, cause especially the, especially the girls from Florida. Mm -hmm. Like the Florida girls, I knew them. Girl, I knew Sasha Colby back cause we watched Sasha Colby, but I didn't know her person, but I've watched her grow as a girl. You know what I'm saying? Cause watching pageant tapes, watching her, watching all the Colbys, watching the Davenport. I'm like, I knew Kennedy Davenport back when Kennedy was like first started, I knew Kennedy Davenport, like back when she was running, like all the girls that are, that have grace, drag race that are pageant girls. Like we watched them on tape. Those girls that won Continental, mm -hmm. Marks, like, like all the girls, like I am a, I am a bad <laughs> girl, like a dry, I am a bad girl from back that was a young boy watching these girls blossom into women, to trans women, to entertainers, you know what I'm saying? And to watch Drag Race become the phenomenon that it is and launching these girls' career. And here's the thing, Sasha Kobe had already won Continental. <laughs> so for me to sit there and judge her was... Yeah. It was an amazing thing for me because, like, I've like, cause I've watched her compete in pageants. Yeah, you watched her grow up. 
Yeah, I watched her grow up. And so with me watching her grow up and then me sitting on the Drag Race panel, watch, being able to judge her season and, and just give her her flowers and her tears and to tell her how proud I was for her as a trans woman to see her win Continental and then come to this space and then like make it a surreal moment for me to judge her. And we had that moment. I was like, sister, girl. And to see her in this space now reigning, she reigned as Continental, but reigning on a, on a platform. Not to say that Continental, because Continental was our drag race. Exactly, exactly. This no, when I first started hanging out with the girls, they were like, you have to watch these old pageant videos. Continental, and it was Continental. Mm -hmm. Baby Miss Continental was our drag race. And to watch Continental, and then to see how drag race has taken our community that we're in, mainstreamed us to where we're stars, global superstars, all stars, like, and we're queer people in a world that told us that all that we were going to be were come buckets, we were going to be dead of AIDS, we were going to be murdered, you know what I'm saying, and to see us propel in this world as stars, you know, and for me to be able to judge that and, and just that's why I'm not a bad judge. Like I don't be on there trying to tear the girls down or whatever. I just, I want to be there like that you're giving it. I live, that's just sickening. I wanted you to do better. I, I feel that you could have did better in this, whatever, but know that you are, bitch, know where we were and where you are now and how you are a, a stamp for visual girls for the future. And I get the opportunity to sit there and be a part of that. It just makes me feel, it's, it's like you, you, you don't know that feeling. Mm -mm. until you've done it and you you see these all the girls and you know where the girls career is going and you know you as a queen yourself it's like this is not the life that was supposed to be for me but bitch we made it I felt put a record in this record Ooh. Selena wasn't Puerto Rican. No. She was Mexican. And it's I feel like there's sky's still the limit for you. Sky's like, the limit. What is the proudest moment? Is that the proudest moment of your career? The proudest moment of my career was when I bought my first home. That was the proudest moment of my career when I bought my first home. But the well, in my life. Mm -hmm. that my career, in my life when I bought my first home because who I was the first one in my family to buy to buy a home and then to return with my mother and my brothers to buy her house that was a good you know wait you're killing me you buy your mom a house yeah the house we grew up in she wanted that's what she wanted that's oh. what she wanted so we grew up in that. So this to be able to buy my home then to buy the home that we grew up in then my mother lives with me because she's like you know I'm gonna tell you something. A gay boy is a mother's, is the best daughter a mother could have. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I, I'm my, my, it's true. Mothers and daughters are not the D. Like there's this weird, like we love each other so much, but like also hate each other. But like my brother, my brother is fucking God sent to my mother. Like it's like. No, that but okay. I was saying if he okay. had been, that would be her ultimate. A gay boy, <laughs> oh honey, a gay man is a is a daughter that a mother needed, honey. You know. <laughs> Wait, so your relationship got better, and how? how what is your? When did that change? Oh, no, is she so proud of you? My mother's so proud of me. One of my proudest moments is definitely working with RuPaul. Definitely Beyonce. I can't even. I can't even like. I mean, that's so major, girl. I can't even like put that into words. Like if I, you know, I can't even put that into words. Like, I don't even know how to put it into words. Even when I hear the radio or I hear the song or I watch the trailer for the movie to come out and I hear my voice, I'm dark brown. Dark. Like, even when I just, it's, it's like that. Like, it's one of those things it's like, fuck. Beyonce is the biggest star on the on on the on globe, the planet on the planet yeah. Earth, and she's and friends with you. Like, <laughs> and she lives for me, lives for me, and it's just like, girl, and it's like she's she says I inspire her to do stuff. Like, 
those are things like that. Like even when I'm arguing with a bitch, I'm like, bitch, who cares? <laughs> Beyonce loves me. <laughs> Beyonce loves me, pussy. <laughs> Ah, what a good story. Honestly, that's what I wanted out of this interview was to like learn more about your story. Kind of educate some fuckers. Just have fun and catch up with you. And honestly, I'm like, I got it. I got it. And I just, it's just so crazy to me. It's like just, I love full circle moments. And I felt like that was at Marco Marco show, but I was so fucking busy that I barely. Was busy. I didn't expect for you to be that to a busy girl. I felt like, great, she got to get it together. Cause that's what she do. She gets it together. <laughs> but this is, this is a good re rekindling. Re so now the next set of rekindling we got to do is when we motherfucking throw the Evita throwback party. Uh, Andre Segal, if you're listening to this. I would love to plan this fucking with the party. I would love it. Like the OGs. We even get the some of like the old even get some of like the older go-go boys. Like I want yes. it to feel I yes. want it to feel I want it to feel like they're like the mid two thousands. Put a throne on the stage and let all the girls sit on the throne like we used you to. You remember the throne. Uh, the the Evita throwback stage starring honey Chanel. Perello, T.S. Madison, honey, Shangela. You're like, all the girls. I mean, we'll invite Beyonce. <laughs> well, we might. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we don't want to start asking her for Evita favors. <laughs> well, I hope you had fun. I had so much fun. I did, Chanel. Child, I got to go up here now and um, I got to pee. Cause I've had this vodka. I and love then, it. Um, I got to get ready because I'm leaving for Philly tomorrow. I'm gonna be doing some work in Philly, and then I'll be yeah. Fun. Always working, darling. Always working. I love it. Well, let's do a real catch up. Tell me when you're coming to LA, and I'm so proud of you and happy for you, and you deserve this in the world. Thank you, sister, so much. And I'll let you know. I'll let you know privately when I'm coming to LA because I'm coming to LA for something special. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't need to tell everyone. Yeah, All right, yeah. yay. Okay, yeah, text me. Okay. All right, I love baby. you. Tell me to shut up one more time. Shut up, Chanel. Shut up, Chanel. Shut, shut, shut up, Chanel. Shut up, Chanel. Shut, 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 shut up. <laughs> My first single. I love you. Bye. I love you, baby. Bye. <laughs> Once you find that inner peace and that inner love for yourself, everybody else will love you. you just put a little alcohol. You don't put a lot. You just put a little brown in it. Not a lot of brown, but just a little brown. <laughs>